please stand and join me in the call to worship. In faith, Abraham and Sarah set out for a new land. In faith, we seek to follow our God and our lives. In faith, the church continually seeks to understand what tasks God has set before us at the present moment. In faith, we gather now to worship, knowing that as we reach out to God, God will make us new. Give us the faith, O God, to go forward and embrace the newness to which you call us.
church so we can gather to learn and grow as Christians. Thank you for Vacation Bible School where we were able to learn about you and have fun with our friends. Thank you for our fathers whom we honor on this Father's Day. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, in his name we pray. Amen. Good morning and welcome to worship here at Southside Baptist Church. We're delighted to see you, delighted that you've decided to join us for worship. And we want to extend a special welcome to any of our guests or visitors who might be with us for the first time or maybe you've been visiting with us for some time. Uh, regardless, we're delighted that you're here and would like to invite you to a small reception uh, con- at the conclusion of the ser- service uh, on the front steps of the church. Uh, and we hope we can Uh, Shake your hand and get to know you a little bit more, and we're, uh, again, very happy to have you with us. Uh, If you would, guests and members alike, we have the registration insert in the bulletin this morning. If you would take a moment to fill that out, that will give us an opportunity to uh, have a record of attendance, but also to uh, make some decisions about what sort of ministry uh, or interest you might have as a congregation. It will help us in uh, assisting you more in that regard. And on the other side of the insert is something I'm very, very proud of and very, very happy to announce. Um, last week we had Vacation Bible School uh, with the theme, Let the Children Come to Me. Uh, and we used a storybook um, that we'll be giving to our children here in a little bit. Uh, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that in just a moment. Uh, but it was a very special time, and a lot of people put a lot of work into it. And in a few moments we're going to recognize our graduates who we're very proud of. Uh, But before we do that, we want to take a moment to recognize and celebrate our volunteers. Uh, So I'm going to call the name of our volunteers. And if you would stand uh, for just a brief moment, that will give us an opportunity to thank you uh, and acknowledge your contributions this week. Uh, These include Fran Coker, Thomas Elliott, Laura Huddleston, Jerry Huey, Bailey Nelson, Paul Huey, Faye Lambert, Kay Thompson, and Aria McMillan. Uh, and I also want to invite um, Bonnie Lesman to come up uh, for just a moment. But as she does, let's, let's thank these who put in so much time and energy this week. Um, I set out, uh, you know, uh, several months ago we started planning uh, this week and Along the way, I've uh, acquired a Pinterest account and learned a lot more about arts and crafts than I ever thought I would. Um, And that's all thanks to to Bonnie, um, who did a remarkable, fantastic job uh, with Bible school. We could not have done this uh, without your tireless work and energy in preparing and putting it all together. So I want to present you with some cards that we have for our volunteers. um, And I also want to present you with a a book. Uh, This is a devotional book that we got for you. The children have all signed it, as well as the volunteers. Um, Just a small token of our appreciation uh, for all that you've done. Um, So thank you, Bonnie, and and let's... And you'll, you'll notice throughout the service uh, that the children will be participating in some special ways. And we've already seen that. We'll see some of that here in just a moment. Um, but there will also be a special offering at the conclusion of the service in which the children will bring forth uh, the offering for the clothes closet. 
And they'll also be doing a very special uh, Lord's Prayer for us. So we look forward to that. Uh, It's a very special day of worship. We're delighted to have you here. Uh, And we invite you to stand with us as we continue in worship and in the singing of hymn number 694, Forgive Our Sins As We Forgive. Small, but you're living them in a small way. 
I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. <laughs> to be having a special uh, celebration of our children this morning. Um, and what we're going to do is we're going to call out the names of our VBS graduates, and we're also going to present all of the children with a copy of this Jesus Storybook Bible. Um, the Jesus Storybook Bible was, was the real curriculum um, that we used for Vacation Bible School, and uh, we were able to use the stories in that uh, to provide a message to our children that might be a little more um, comprehensible. Um, but we want to give you guys a copy of this Bible because we want you to know that Jesus is with you. And as much as we love you uh, and we pray for you and we're here for you, uh, Jesus is with you as well. And so you can take this Bible and you can read about all the things that Jesus has done for you and all the things that Jesus is doing for you and through you. Um, and I want also to say um, that we have been reminded this week of how important children are to the kingdom of God. Um, and, and I would go as far as to say they are the most important, uh, the vitalist members, or the most, most vital members of the kingdom of God. Um, and we've been blessed by their participation. And we're very proud of you, and we want to honor that this morning. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to call their names, and they will come forth, um, and Miss Bonnie will present you with a certificate and a Bible. Um, the first name is Devontae Ball. Can we get a Bible from Miss Bonnie? Eli McMillan. Kendrick McMillan. Abby Nelson. Timothy Nelson. Abigail Worst, Melissa Worst, um, these are our BBS graduates. Um, we're we're very proud of them, um, and we're we're very proud of all of all the children here at Southside, and it's it's remarkable. Um, to be able to experience a week with them. And, and in a few moments, you're going to see a bit of what we uh, had the opportunity to experience this week. Um, but we're very proud of all of them. Um, let's have a, a quick word of prayer um, over these children before they begin. 
Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for these children, and we thank you uh, for their role in the kingdom of God. Uh, we are blessed every time they are around, and those of us who have been around this week and those of us who are in worship this morning are reminded of just how special they are. Thank you for giving them to us, and thank you for allowing your kingdom to be the kind of kingdom that prioritizes children. We love you, and we thank you, and it is in your son's name we pray. Amen. children are making their way back to, to be seated. It has been a joy to see them here in the building this week, to the energy and excitement that they bring. It's, uh, it makes me long for that kind of energy and uh, know that I'm not well uh, prepared to take care of it when we're down at Railroad Park trying to corral them. But it was a great week. We had a, great, a lot of fun and thanks to all of those who did lead us. Before I pray today, we just one word, just to thank um, and, and remember all of our fathers and what they have done for us in the past, for the things they provided for us, and for those um, who have been like fathers to us and have helped us through the years. May we uh, join our hearts in prayer now. Loving and almighty God, we come before you this morning with grateful hearts. We bow before you with great adoration. We are awed by your mercy and grace, the love you have for all of us, sinners as we are. But you love us and you call us and you welcome us into your loving arms outstretched. You forgive us, you restore us, you make us whole. For all those things, we thank you. And truly, there are words not capable of expressing all that we feel and sense. We come, O oh Lord, knowing that you have given us life, you sustain it, 
that by your power you have done and are doing and will do things in and through us by your omnipotent power. We thank you, Lord, for your presence with us now and for the joy we see in the faces of these children as we are able to see the the joy they have experienced and have as they think of your love for them and as they share in relationship one with another. We're reminded, O Lord, that if we as children could see the world as they see it, we would probably see it more as our Lord and Savior sees it. For there's a sense of openness, a sense of joy, a sense of friendship, a sense of trust. There is no hate. There are not not those words as these young children see the world around them. I pray, O Lord, that we can cultivate and nurture within our own lives that kind of attitude, that kind of hope, and, and a sense of having your love and living it out and experience life in the fullness that you have intended it. We confess, O Lord, we have so often missed the mark. You have forgiven us and you have restored us. We come now also mindful that as we are restored and as we see those around us that are hurting, our hearts are touched. There's a heaviness. This morning we pray for those in our own congregation that are struggling. And our mind goes to those who are worshiping even now in Charleston and the pain and sorrow they feel as one has taken the life of their pastor and others in their congregation who meant so much to those there, but more importantly to your kingdom's work. O oh Lord, may we learn to love each other as you have loved us. May we learn not to nurture seeds in attitudes of hate. May we come into your presence with a sense of joy and to create that in our lives, but also in those around us. We pray also for those around the world who are suffering today religious persecution, political persecution, victims of war and terrorism, Refugees that have no place to go. Hundreds of thousands of people wondering, wondering what the future holds. May you guide them, may you comfort them. And may you impress upon the minds of all who have ears to hear, but also are in positions of power to be able to do those things that are right by humanity. To respond to those needs and the pains that they feel. I pray, Lord, that today as we worship, that we would worship you in spirit and in truth, that we would worship you in a way that our heart's deepest thoughts are expressed in our own way, whether by word or music or through the voices of children, or just in those thoughts we think giving praise to you and offering our lives as living sacrifices. We thank you, Lord, for those who have been instrumental in our lives, 
those who have been a part of bringing us into the world, our fathers who have been a part of our lives and those who have served in roles that are father-like to us, have led us and guided us and taught us. We thank you, O Lord. May you continue to guide us as individuals and as a church, for we come before you now seeking to place our lives before you and earnestly seeking to follow you in all the ways that you would have us follow. Hear us now, Lord, as we pray, even as our Lord taught his disciples to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
It's a hot day. <laughs> WD, you can take your jacket off now. <laughs> a few verses from Genesis. The point where, after spending some time in slavery in Egypt and then in prison in Egypt, Joseph is suddenly transferred to become prime minister of Egypt. And after many years, the brothers who sold him into slavery come to seek food from the grain stores of that country. The sons of Israel were among the other people who came to buy grain, for the famine had reached the land of Canaan. Now Joseph was governor over the land. It was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from? And later in the story, they talk to each other and they speak about how they had betrayed their brother. And they did not know that Joseph understood them since he spoke with them through an interpreter. He turned away from them and wept. And then he returned and spoke to them. In his novel Stonemouth, the Scottish novelist Ian Banks tells a character telling the story of a Japanese man who had lived to over a hundred years of age. And he was asked the secret of his long life, to which the man responded, the willingness to forgive. Of all the many tests that Joseph faced in his life, moving from Dothan to Egypt, Probably the most difficult of all was that one where he had to forgive his brothers. Someone has said that the greatest word in the English language is forgiveness. And to those of us who have received the gift of God's forgiveness, God says very clearly, forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. The struggle to forgive must have been enormous in Joseph's life. On just another day of work, when he's rationing the food, that's diminishing as a supply in Egypt, he hears the familiar sound of the Hebrew language. It's a little bit like for myself hearing Scottish being spoken in Lower Alabama. Very distinctive. Joseph turns and he sees his brothers. And the memory of that day in Dothan when they grabbed him and they tore off his coat of many colors and threw him down into a pit. And then when the slave traders came by, sold them into slavery and had a party to celebrate all that was happening. He thought he had forgotten about those days in Potiphar's house and the months and the years in the prison. After all, he was prime minister of Egypt. He was in charge of all the economy. He was in control of everything that was happening. He had married. He had a family. He was in a position of prestige and power. And then suddenly... That snatch of Hebrew reminded him of all they had done. And we read that he immediately begins to speak harshly to him, to them, accuse them of being spies and throws them into prison. And at the back of his mind, he's thinking, let's see how they like that then. You've been there yourself. We all have. One of those occasions was around about 1996, thereabouts. I was in church with my wife Gwen, 
in the sister's congregation to the one where I had acted as pastor. It was one of those rare Sundays when I wasn't out preaching among Scottish Baptists on behalf of the seminary where I was serving. I watched as a couple entered church. They had been part of a group of about a dozen people who had left the church where I had been pastor over the problem that we weren't as charismatic in our worship as they wanted. When you've got about 12 people leaving a congregation of 120, you notice it, and the heartache is real. My immediate reaction was, what the heck? That may not have been the exact word that was going through my mind, but I wondered, what are they doing here? To make matters worse, immediately after the service was over, my wife got up, left me, and went to speak to them. What the heck, I thought to myself again. (laughs) Took into the evening service, and I still went twice in those days, before I was able to go and speak to them myself. Yet without forgiveness, we are impelled into a downward spiral of pain and bitterness, reproach, retaliation. It gathers momentum as wrong begets wrong. And we're caught in a kind of whirlpool, buffeted and violently thrown against all the pains that we have. And we wonder, will we ever be able to get out of it again? It is forgiveness that breaks that cycle. That cycle of bitterness, feelings of revenge, retaliation. And when we are forgiven and when we forgive, then we live in close relationship with a God who does that for us. Do not take revenge, says Paul. Do not overcome evil with evil, but overcome evil with good. Like many of you, I was staggered listening to two children of Sharonda, Coleman, Singleton this week, who was killed in Emmanuel AME Church just a few days ago. On Friday, I listened with astonishment as her little daughter Cameron said, I'm a little bitter, but I'm overwhelmed with love. Her son Chris commented, we already have forgiven There is nothing but love from our side of the family. Remarkable words. Remarkable words. Almost as soon as Joseph sees his brother, he wants to bring them to that point when overwhelmed with a sense of love that he has for them, eventually they will realize what's happened. We read that when he saw them and he heard them later on, He breaks down by himself. He's overwhelmed with a sense of sorrow over what they have done, but also, I think, over a recognition that he must become reconciled to them once again as his brothers. The Christian God, after all, is the God who lives in an eternal fellowship of love. The Christian God is a God whom we believe as parent, child, lover, is the one who goes out of himself for the sake of others, for us. And in welcoming us us into his kingdom, he says to us, as I have forgiven you, so you should forgive one another. And so Joseph turns to his brothers and he speaks to them. That's often the first thing, the hardest thing to do when you're hurt, when you meet somebody, perhaps after years, And all the feelings of hurt, resentment come back. To speak to them. To do all that you can in order to be reconciled to them. 
God seems to have placed us within the life of the church with people whom we didn't choose to be members of the church ourselves. I mean, you would join a church and suddenly you realize exactly who you joined. <laughs> the kind of same irritating mix of saint and sinner, zealous and half-hearted, radiantly good and anonymously ordinary, comprising of people at different stages of their spiritual pilgrimage, and we are part of that church. And we're not always on the right side. <laughs> we're often on the other side. And people think the same of us as we sometimes think of them. But God calls us into the body of Christ, as sisters and brothers in Christ, drawn together by the cross, which reaches not only into heaven, but reaches out to one another, calling us to forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven us. Robert Louis Stevenson, another Scottish writer, was in church on one occasion and praying the Lord's Prayer when suddenly he stopped. His wife asked him afterwards, why did you stop praying? He said, I suddenly realized that I wasn't living out the prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. The call to forgiveness is not only a call that comes to Joseph, it's a call that comes to me, comes to you, comes to all of us. In the context of a society that is broken, in the context of a world where there is still much hate, the context to us and the call to us is to follow the example of Joseph and however hard it may be to bring us back into reconciliation and forgiveness with those whom we have hurt and those who have hurt us. When we were recently in California, we drove along what is called the Avenue of the Giants. It's 30 miles of a road that's off the main road, and there are thousands and thousands of redwoods, enormous redwoods, various sizes and ages. We even drove through one of them, a kind of tourist attraction. They speak of how some naturalists may show you a cross-section of a tree that they've cut and point out the rings that the tree reveal and it reveals the de developmental history of the tree year after year after year. You might see a ring that represents a year where there was a terrible period of drought. You might see a ring where there was steady growth or a ring that speaks of disease and blight. All of that lies embedded in the rings of the tree. If you were to cut a kind of cross-section of our lives, of our minds, of our hearts, you would see the same thing. You would see those moments when people have said something, perhaps totally unintentional, but boy, did it hurt. Or when they snubbed us. Or when they did something. And it's hard for us to bear. And the hurts are real. And the hurts sometimes turn into bitterness. And it's all there in our own histories. And the call to Joseph is the call to Ken Roxburgh. And the call to you. As God in Christ has forgiven you 
so you are to forgive one another. For love ever lives, forgives, outlives, and ever stands with open hands. For this is love's prerogative, to give and give and give. Will you pray with me? Give us grace, dear Lord, to receive forgiveness from others when we have wronged them. And give us grace to forgive others when we feel that they have, for, they have done something against us. Forgive us for our anger and selfishness and for our pride. For all these things that hinder the community of faith, we are sorry and pray that they may be taken from us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Our hymn of dedication this morning is 264. Dr. Kelly will be at the front to receive you as perhaps you want to make this hymn the opportunity of responding publicly to God's grace within your life, where charity and love prevail. Help us to reach out to others. 
Help us to give thanks for the opportunity to participate with you in your love and caring, letting us know the joy of generosity and compassion. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
Sir, I forgot the play. I'll bring it to you tomorrow. 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 Yes. I'll bring it to you tomorrow. It's, it's not, I, I don't think I'm so sorry. And you knew them online. Can you? And I'm so sorry. Oh, very good. Well, that's good um, too, but, but I'll bring it tomorrow. Bring it by tomorrow. On Tuesday, mm -hmm. Sanders kind of like my brother locked in. I mean, could we. I want to go ahead and have lunch at 11 but could we bring well, some lunch and then sit down with you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Wait, here's, here's the deal. At 11 o'clock, I'm meeting a gentleman named Lee yeah, Brundage, but I didn't know and we're looking over, the, looking over all of the uh, bit with the uh, thing. Bye, you guy. Wow. We're looking over the, the, uh, uh, the, also Alan Maxwell is probably coming over. We're looking over the, uh, the gymnasium for the Cajun dance stuff. Okay, Ooh. and so okay. uh, you know, and that I'm imagining that might take an hour, but yeah, if you brought something here for me, great. At noonish, the afternoon, we'll just meet and sit down and, and work well, work the stuff if, out. If you think you'll be able to find me, just I probably down. will, but if not, I, one way or the other. Okay, one way or the other, I will do. We'll now, is, is Kelly all in there also? Kelly is coming okay. over. Okay. The, so That's good because he had another gig, he had another thing, and he was going to be with us for a few minutes. Uh, but I might let him go at 11.30 meet with you guys, and I'll see you at shortly after okay. that. That's Tuesday. I got you. I'll bring you.